So my dad was a beekeeper. And when I was in high school, I can't remember if it was his beehive that swarmed or if it was just a swarm that, that appeared in, in our yard. It was actually in this large tree. There was a limb that was hanging over the garden. And there was this massive basketball size um, swarm ball of bees. Um, and my dad got really excited because he wanted to catch these bees. Now, uh, the swarm is a, a fascinating thing. Um, George Kinney was, was telling me a little bit about it and I uh, read some things about um, why a beehive will, will swarm. It's like a hive only has one queen uh, at a time. That's all it, can, that's all, that's all it handles. Um, and there'll be thousands and thousands of, of other bees, the, the worker bees. But when the hive gets large enough, uh, George was telling me that uh, the, these, these worker bees are so far away from the queen that they, they can't sense the, I forget, the pheromones or something that the queen, that the, the queen secretes. Um, so to them, it's like the queen doesn't even exist. And so they uh, create another queen uh, with, with the, the larva and the way that they feed it. There's this uh, uh, stuff that they do, stuff that the bees do. Anyway, so then a new queen is born. Um, and uh, there might be a, a battle or a, or a fight, but then this, this, this queen will take half the hive with them uh, and, and they'll swarm. So that's what's happening in, in uh, our backyard. And my dad, uh, he gives me all the gear. And so I've got the, the, the head thing on and it ties tight around your neck and you gotta wear long sleeves and gloves. And you know, so I, f I felt pretty safe. But then he puts this ladder on the limb. So you can just see me climbing up this ladder to this, to this limb where there's this, this giant ball of bees. And he gives me a cardboard box. So I'm standing under this ball of bees on a ladder holding a cardboard box. And my dad climbs the tree, shimmies out on the limb, and has a two before. And he starts pounding on the limb. And that ball of bees just drops in the box all over me and then we get down the ladder and we just pour it like water into this empty hive and my dad said if the queen is in there then we've got a new hive sure enough the queen was there and we had a new hive and it produced honey it's just really fascinating to me well when a, when a hive swarms um, it's really a vulnerable time for the bees and that's that's one of the reasons why they stick together like that. Um, the, the, the queen is not the, the best of flyers and, and so sometimes when they're on the move she has to, she has to rest and, that, and they'll end up on a fence post or on a, on a, a branch like that. It's a big change. It's, it's big movement. It, it's big transition. Um, and, and you know, I, I think about our life together uh, in these times and I think it's kind of like that, you know? Um, we're in a time of, of big change. Uh, we're in a time of transition in, in lots of different ways. Um, and so uh, I, I'm actually kind of excited uh, these next few weeks. Uh, you probably know this because of our uh, FUMC uh, creation care team. They've let us know that this is Climate Action Week. It's actually more like 10 days, but it started uh, on Friday, two days ago. It's in the season where we have Earth Day. Earth Day is next Thursday, um, April 22nd. And, and Arbor Day, where we go and plant a tree, is, is Friday, April the 30th. Um, so so it's, a, it's a time where we 
Now think about our climate and, and think about our earth and the fact that we are uh, keepers of the soil, we are keepers of the garden. Uh, God has given us that responsibility. Well, there's this organization called Interfaith Power and Light, and they're the ones who started uh, Climate Action Week. Uh, they probably uh, were organized 22 to 23 years ago. It's this unique collection of Episcopal churches uh, who organized themselves to give, to give a religious response uh, to, to climate change. Um, about 20 years ago, I think, is when they kind of broadened their reach and, and they invited other denominations and they invited lots of other churches to be a part of it. Um, so I, I, I read their values and, and I, wanted, I wanted to share them with you. Um, this is, this is the, the statement from this Interfaith Power and Light group. This is what we hold most sacred, they say. Because we embrace faith and spirituality, we are grounded in the interconnect, interconnectedness of the sacred, the natural world, and one another. Because we embrace justice, we act with inclusion and respect, working in solidarity with vulnerable and marginalized communities. Because we embrace hope, we are empowered to live into our vision for the world for present and future generations. Because we embrace courage, we speak with a prophetic voice to create equity and restore wholeness to all. Because love is central to who we are, we are committed to ending the suffering caused by climate change. Now, I love that. And our creation care team loves it too. And actually, they're pretty pumped about uh, uh, Climate Action Week. Uh, please watch the videos. Uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff uh, that, that are, that's available on our, our YouTube channel. There are going to be educational opportunities. There are also going to be um, activities and, and opportunities uh, for us to make a difference. Uh, the, the theme for this year's uh, uh, Climate Action Week uh, is Sacred Ground cultivating connections between our faith, our food, and the climate. So the next few weeks at FUMC uh, in our worship time, um, we're going we're gonna to hang out with that. What are the connections between our faith, our food, and our climate? And so today, this first week, I decided uh, to talk about honeybees uh, because honeybees um, I think can teach us a really valuable lesson about who we are as God's people. And it's critical that we remember who we are, especially as it relates to our caring for the planet. Uh, so uh, thanks to, to George Kinney for letting us hang out with his bees. So one of the biggest lessons that we can learn from these guys is that Christianity is a group thing. We're in this together. We're in this together and we have a really big purpose. That's the message of Holy Week and Easter. Jesus dies on the cross uh, to save us for the salvation of the world. But, but our salvation uh, is not for some uh, disembodied spiritual existence floating around on a, on a cloud somewhere. Like the resurrection and the Easter stories are, are proof that God has saved us so that we can become a part of this amazing endeavor to usher in God's kingdom. Like that's what Jesus was doing, was bringing God's kingdom uh, into the present. And, and we get to be a part of that. Uh, it, it's about uh, the renewal of, of creation. Like that's what the resurrection was about. Um, it's really exciting stuff. Now, uh, honeybees are really social creatures. Uh, in, in fact, 
they can't live apart from this community that they've created. Um, so there are three types of bees in here. There's the worker bee, uh, which that's the bee that, that you and I see most of the time. Now, someone like George Kinney or Bill Skelton or Keith Stiles and, and others of you who are beekeepers, uh, you, you see the others. Uh, but, but the worker bees, um, that's the majority of what, what uh, is, is living in here. Uh, they're all female and they're amazing. They fly and they can go for miles and, and um, they, they forage and they find the flowers and, and they, get the, uh, they get the pollen. And you can see when they're flying in, uh, some of them, uh, you can see the pollen, George showed us, uh, on, on their hind legs. And, and, and they take that in and they, and they make honey. So they, they provide for the hive, they protect the hive, they clean the hive. Um, they, they, by flapping their wings, will, will regulate the, the, the temperature in the hive. It's amazing, all kinds of stuff that they do. That's why they call them the worker bees. And then there's the queen. And there's only one queen in the hive. And we talked about this. Uh, when the queen dies, um, then they sense that, that there's no queen anymore. And so they, they got this, um, uh, this stuff that they feed the, the larva and, and it becomes a queen. Um, the queen uh, uh, secretes this, this thing and it, uh, it kind of tells everybody else what to do. It's a, it's a way of kind of leading the hive and stuff. And then, and then the third type of bee is, is the drone. The drone is the male. And I can figure out what the drones do. Uh, George said that they mate with the queen and, and that's how the queen is able to lay the eggs. And I thought that makes sense, but that's all they do. And they're around for you know spring, summer, fall, but as soon as winter starts to approach, so in the fall, they are kicked out of the hive. Like it just broke my heart. Um, anyway, that's the life of a bee. But the thing about them is that the bee doesn't work for itself. It works for the community. So, so it's not about my life. It's not about my rights. It's not about my privileges. Um, it's about our life. It's about what's good uh, for all of us. St. John Chrysostom uh, said, the bee is more honored than other animals, not because she labors, but because she labors for others. So in our text for today, from Hebrews, it's a familiar text. Now, you've heard me talk about it before. Um, in, in Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verse 24, he says, And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. There's a couple things uh, about bees that I, think, that I think feed into this idea that you and I are to provoke one another to love and good deeds. Uh, the first one is this thing that's called the waggle dance. Uh, the worker bees will dance this little dance, and this dance will tell all of the other bees um, where they found uh, the nectar, where they found the food. Um, and, and so uh, the scientific community calls the, this, this, this waggle dance evangelization. So these worker bees they evangelize each other. They share with each other the, the good news of, of, of where to, to find this sweet stuff. And I just thought that was really cool. You know, and that we're like that too. 
uh, that, that we are called to share good news with people and not just good news about uh, the life of Jesus and, and what we've just celebrated on Easter Sunday. But I think we're also supposed to evangelize the world by, by showing the world where there is shelter and, and where there is food. Uh, the second thing that I want to talk about is what feels like is about to happen to me, and that's the sting. Uh, these worker bees, whenever they sense danger, um, they'll, they'll sting. And they, they can also tell if I'm afraid, so I'm trying to not be afraid. But when, when they sting, um, that's the last thing that they do. Uh, once, once their stinger is gone, uh, the honeybee will die. And so they're literally giving their life uh, for the good of, of the community. And, and another thing is that the stinger uh, will let off this, this, uh, this aroma, this, this thing, um, that, that will warn the others of the danger. And that's why you'll see uh, beekeepers will, will have uh, smoke and they'll, they'll blow the smoke and it, and it helps calm the bees down. And I thought, you know, we kind of need that too. Like the accountability of, you know, I, I want to share with you um, a little bit about my journey and, you know, this is where I got stung and this is, you know, this is a path you shouldn't take. And um, there is this, this sense of um, we warn each other about the dangers. I, I think about that uh, when, I, when I think about, you know, Earth Day and, and, and climate and um, among many other things is that uh, part of our responsibility as a church is um, to help each other to know and understand uh, the dangers of, of what's happening and, and the fact that climate change is affecting uh, communities of color or, um, uh, you know, disproportionately. So there's, there's this um, documentary called Kiss the Ground. It's all about the soil. I really want you to watch it. I'm sure our creation care team uh, is, is going to make this available or at least point you in the right direction. I watched this, it's an hour and a half long, and it has given me the most hope for our future in, in saving our planet. Um, so, so hopefully you'll watch it as we continue on. And see, I just provoked you. I just provoked you to, to love and, and to good deeds. Um, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says, do not neglect to meet together as is the habit of some, uh, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. So don't neglect to meet together. Encourage one another. That's this uh, group thing. Uh, God calling us to, uh, to be together in this way as we see the day approaching. Now, you know, uh, we've talked about this before. What everyone... Uh, believed and what we believe is that there is this day coming we call it judgment day when Jesus is gonna come back and Jesus is gonna set things right like like judgment is going to happen um, it's at that point though that um, the renewal of all creation happens so you remember uh, at the very end of our Bible uh, in Revelation chapter 21 John sees this vision and it's not a vision of us floating away it's a vision of heaven coming down. He sees in this vision uh, a, a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem uh, uh, coming here. 
new creation, new earth, new soil, new bees. You know, uh, life in the community requires sacrifice. And, and that's what uh, Jesus demonstrated. Uh, that's the way we're supposed to follow. Uh, Hebrews says that he had uh, a once for all sacrifice for all of us. And our community de depends on that from us. So our very lives have been saved for this kingdom thing. And it's to this group thing that we give our lives to. Amen. Liturgical candle maker Martin Marklin says that he makes about a thousand can, or not a thousand, thousands of candles in a year, and that he needs about 30,000 pounds of, of beeswax uh, every year because his candles are 51% beeswax. Well, he realized he was in, in this business and that he had billions of bees working for him and he didn't know anything about them. And so um, he began to study bees and he ended up having 150 beehives. Um, and uh, he makes these connections um, with our life of faith. And so one of the things that he says is that he encourages us to be the bee, uh, to go out into the world and to find and to gather beautiful things, to transform it within ourselves, and, and then to give it back to the world, uh, something even more beautiful. And so, as we go today, what are the ways that our life can be like that? How can we be the bee? God bless you and go in the peace of Christ. Amen.